0: Welcome to another episode of Viatorian Voices Conversations on the Way. This is pre associate Dan Masterton, and I'll be your host for these episodes in the Boulder Dream series for ministerial formation. Today, we focus on parish youth ministry. For this topic, our guest is Kim McMillan. Kim has been a director of youth ministry at parishes in the Archdiocese of Chicago for over 20 years, including her current role at St. Benedict Parish in Chicago. Kim is certified in youth ministry and has served as a youth ministry network moderator and a mentor to new youth ministers. To start, I asked her what she would say are the integral components of parish youth ministry. Enjoy the conversation.
1: Parish youth ministers look to the Renewing the Vision document, which was reapproved by the USCCB in 1997. The initial document was created in 1976. That document lists eight components: advocacy, catechesis community life evangelization justice and service leadership development pastoral care and prayer and work worship for me i think the three most important ones and i wouldn't eliminate the other you know five from what i was doing but the ones that i think kind of get the most bang for your buck are advocacy i think i'm constantly speaking on behalf of our young people and trying to promote their integration into into parish life, into the community of faith. So advocacy, prayer and worship, which I feel really is important because our young people need to find the practice, the skill of prayer and find the space for quiet and then justice and service. Unfortunately, I think a lot of places put justice and service at the top where if we can get kids involved in things by getting them to do something they'll they'll be engaged, but the reality is we have to learn. The why to why we're going to serve, we have to learn that services our response to the love of God and how unworthy we are of that and how blessed we are for that, and then we serve out of that um, out of that love. So it's really important. I mean, justice and service belongs in there because I think people need purpose and they need to be able to impact the world, but it's not the most important because it comes out of our response to God's love for us.
0: That's really good. And we talk a lot in Viatorian ministry about service and justice being important, but having to be reflected upon theologically so that you're connecting the actions you take with what we believe and the purpose that we have for doing those things. So that's a great prioritization that you sketch out there.
1: And the Um, other thing is people are quick to talk about how much service helps them feel better. So I always kind of like to listen to that response, but also kind of point it in a different direction because we don't serve because it gives us a good feeling to help someone Again, we serve out of our response for God's love in our life and God, God's gifts and blessings, and it has to be flipped just enough so that people can hear it and see it and remember it.
0: And get a young person past, oh, this opened my eyes, or oh, this made me feel grateful. That's good, but that's in your heart. And now, what are you finding in relationship and encounter? Yeah, to live out exactly. that faith connection. In an ideal situation, what is kind of the interplay between? youth ministers and the collaborators in a parish and on a pastoral staff, and then what the parents and families are bringing to the table with their young person and what they bring to parish life.
1: I think ideally parents are bringing their desire to help form their young people well in our faith, ideally. (laughs) My role primarily would be to support parents and be a resource for parents so that there is a relationship created from our common desire to help build a strong foundation of faith and support their young people, especially through the critical times of life. And if you don't have that relationship in the good times, you're not gonna be someone that people can turn to as a resource in the critical times. Uh, When I first started in parish youth ministry, we had a friend of the family and she was like, well, my my kids don't need that because my kids aren't in trouble. They don't need youth ministry because they're not in trouble. <laughs> and then my heart, my heart's response to that was, but if we don't have a relationship during the good times, we're not going to have a relationship during the bad times because I'm not going to be a resource. I'm not going to be someone that they can look to to accompany them. So that relationship piece is the most important. So if I can get parents to understand that I want to be a resource for them and that my desire to help their kids grow in faith complements their desire to help their kids have a foundation of faith. Then we can start working together for the betterment of the kids entirely. So that's ideal, but it's not, the the real world is not ideal. (laughs) So recognizing that, you know, building relationship and making sure that parents kind of see the person myself as a resource and someone to go to, and I think here um, at Saint Benedict, uh, I I feel like I'm in that space now. Where if I'm standing in the back of church or if I'm at a parent night in the school, people do look and see. Oh gosh, yeah, I can ask him about that because she might have some experience. Or I'm gonna shoot her an email. Our family's experiencing the death of a grandparent, and maybe she has some suggestions. So that's that's really what I want people to be able to say. There's, there's somebody that's there for me to call to help too.
0: What's some of the advice around building those relationships? Because you want to have a connection with the young people who you're trying to help grow in faith. You also want to have a connection with the parents who you're then sending the young people back home to, to continue to be educated in the faith by their parents and families. So how do you approach relationship building?
1: I think my approach is, you know, wherever I can integrate myself (laughs) that's kind of like, that seems kind of uh, like a very inflated view of myself, but wherever I can integrate myself into what's happening in the parish or in the school um, and creating that bridge. I think this is one of my God-given gifts is that I can kind of see the thread that can connect us. So I start to work on building that thread into something more. I see this part connects, I see that part connects. So I'm physically present at a lot of things. I'm physically present at the masses. I'm physically pre- present at events. Sometimes youth ministry will host events for families and parents. Um, I bring an invitation. We participate in the Notre Dame vision program. I'll bring that invitation to our confirmation students. I'm a part of the confirmation prep program. I asked to be a part of the retreats so bringing your presence is important but it's also limited if it's just you so you have to have a team of people that recognizes that they're a part of the parish ministry too so everywhere they are everywhere we are people start to see that as a resource and um, valuable Right, so like maybe 10 to 15 people will know me, but if there's 10 to 15 of us that see ourselves as ministers in parish life, then each person can nurture 10 to 15 other people too. So it's that team thing too. You have to have a group of people that you're working with to help build up um, your connections everywhere you're at.
0: What do you find to be effective and impactful to help young people get to that point or like what barriers do you run into where young people will kind of push back or resist or maybe wiggle away from some of the growth in their faith lives.
1: So Teddy Roosevelt has this quote that no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care. And I and I really think that there's so much truth to that. So the the first thing is to be the person that conveys that you care about people, right? So in presence you're not going to be the one that's going to go off the deep end if someone makes a mistake in life but you need to be that person that presents that we make mistakes and how do we get back up again how do we move forward so that's the, a really important I don't know should be tattooed on your arm so you could see it all the time so you could remember what do I think is an obstacle to some of those relationship pieces is sometimes the institution of church because the way that the church presents itself sometimes on social media just what people hear um, there's not enough discussion around it that gives it a nice balance so it's always far one end or far the other and it's really hard for young people to want to be a part of an institution that's fighting with itself so some people gravitate toward very conservative um, practices or prayer practices some people have a little bit more of a liberal Um, experience of how they practice their faith both of those are very valuable it's not a one or the other it's you know in the catholic church a lot of times i say it's the both and we have to both coexist recognizing that every individual person is also going to be led by faith in an individual way which it's not it's not easy for us to process that because you know we can't think like god (laughs) but the reality is all these different people everything's not going to be perfect for everyone but we all have to kind of find our niche and so i think the institution itself the way it bickers sometimes amongst itself is probably the biggest deterrent so one of the things that i i try to focus on is how do we practice and and use our faith every day
0: One of the things I've seen in like a high school Kairos retreat program, or that we see a little bit in our Viatorian Youth Congress, is we want to have a social component where kids are able to connect with each other, find what they have in common, and build those bonds, and have a social component to this faith experience so that those friendships can hopefully help sustain faith life. But we also will see sometimes, those sort of like cultures of fun and games and silliness and family reunion can almost supplant the faith part, the spiritual part as the most important thing. And you almost like can lose track a little bit of the spiritual purpose. So do you have any sense of how you keep those in balance and how you build the social life of a group of young people while also keeping the spiritual part at the fore?
1: A lot of times in youth ministry, we'll do goofy games and goofy things that are icebreakers that are kind of bizarre. And I mean, there's a, there's usually a lesson or a point to the icebreaker activity, but the reality is it's the low hanging fruit. So people participate in the game and they don't take that into the experience and the connection to the lesson or the connection to what you're trying to show as a practice. Our families don't necessarily speak about their faith. It's not like they're, one, they're not necessarily having the opportunity to sit at the table together as in the past. There's movement always in families. So there's very, there's much less time for conversations around this belief or something that, that I heard or how I'm wrestling with this idea that was a part of our gospel reading from Sunday. So I think it'd be beneficial for families to have that. But I recognize that Sometimes those conversations that don't happen at home are hard to sustain in our youth groups and in our schools because you mentioned family, and yes, we're trying to build community, but family, my home family, doesn't talk about faith. So how's my community, my fun community family, gonna talk about faith? So, you know, just noticing that that thread and that connection raises our awareness. as as leaders to how we're gonna kind of work around that. Because if you think about a a young person who we're trying to talk about uh, God is a loving father and we're beloved children of God, but if that young person's experience of father is poor or it's a bad experience of father, it's really hard to take that thread and say, oh, okay, I understand that, right? So we have to figure out a way to work around sharing that idea of being beloved children of God, recognizing that our families are not, it's not always ideal. It's not always the best case scenario. I think it's one of those things that you kind of finesse over time, you finesse with experience. And maybe, uh, especially if you're trying to kind of build that social feel without losing the lesson, it can't be, as ridiculously goofy as you might be drawn to in terms of trying to get people's attention. Maybe it has to be, an, uh, if you use an icebreaker, it has to be something that doesn't send the group in a different direction where they forget altogether what you were trying to do or it has to have that component that you never embarrass another person and you recognize everyone's dignity so you don't do something that leaves somebody the butt of the joke. I mean. I think there's a lot of that that we as leaders need to be cognizant of and making sure that we're keeping those things in check. As I ministered over the course of the years that I have i've had a kind of a strong group of friends who practiced our faith we spent time in prayer. We didn't whine all the time, (laughs) but we did spend some time doing that. But we also were able to say, you know, that one's on you. You've got to kind of adjust how you're looking at things because you, you know, your perspective is too narrow where you can be called out by somebody that you were in a good relationship with. And I think that's the benefit of those kind of retreat experiences where young people get to sit together and then really share those things that they don't really have the time and space to share. And that that's what builds that beautiful community that comes out of time spent together.
0: So maybe one last question to draw some of these thoughts together is thinking of the Viatorian community, we have our professed brothers and priests and associates and a lot of collaborators, accompanying youth and young adults is kind of central to what we try to do to respond to our charism and live it out. So what advice or insight would you have for all of these folks? What would you want them to know or hear from your experience?
1: Parish youth ministers are becoming less and less common. So I think the youth ministry community needs to partner and walk with the Viatorians because Viatorians have that mission, that charism, that's a part of who they are. And when the youth ministry community gets smaller, we have to see each other as resources. We have to see each other as companions on the journey and and kind of look to each other. So recognize that those viatorian schools, those are people that, you know, people in parish life can reach out to, to go to some professional development with, to be in communication and collaboration with. I think we just, that's one thing I think we need to do. And then maybe the last thing would be, I think our young people need help understanding that being a part of parish life is really integral to their continual faith development. High school is over in four years. So if kids are just connecting to their high school as their community of faith, um, when that's over, that's over. So how are we being intentional about bridging our young people into their parish community? Not because they need to be a, you know, donating active uh, member of the parish, but because, the parishes need the young people. The parishes need the life and the joy and the, the faith life of our young people to survive. So how can the high school community be intentional about making sure our young people know that the parish is important to them as well? And I, and by the them is the high school community. So how do we make sure that they know? Because they could go anywhere and be a part of a parish They they won't necessarily be able to go everywhere and be a part of a high school community, but the Viatorians are everywhere, so obviously they're they're a part of that.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode. Folks who would like to reach out can email Kim at kmcmillan at stbenedict.com. The document Kim referenced at the start of the episode, Renewing the Vision, can be found at usccb.org. Her email and a link to this document are also listed in the show notes. Our thanks to Kim for sharing her thoughts, and our prayers for her continued ministries with young people. To learn more about the Viatorians or invite vocational accompaniment, email us at vocationsviatorians.com or DM us on social media at ViatorianUSA. On behalf of Brother Peter and the Viatorian community, I'm Pre Associate Dan Masterton. Venerable Louis Kerbs, inspire us. St. Vider, pray for us. Adored and loved be Jesus.